0: Welcome everybody to Tricks Act I'm
1: Eric, Brian, Ellie, and our special guest, the very funny, hilarious Candace Thompson. How are you
2: doing? I'm good. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All
1: right. So before we start and get into your career and stuff, I have to say I did message you on Instagram, um, but I spelled your name wrong. Okay. So when you see a message from me, just completely ignore it. <laughs> but then, but the worst part is, it was like a guy getting a girl's number and then texting her again. I messaged you right back and explained how I spelt your name wrong. <laughs> I was just like, what am I doing here? So I tell you, my wife goes, what are you doing? You just ruined everything. So <laughs> oh, okay. luckily, in the cesspool of Twitter, which is the worst place on earth, that's how... And the best. And the best, I guess you could say. That's how we ended up getting in touch, messaging each other. So, Twitter's not completely useless, folks. It's actually. good.
2: It yeah. is, yeah. No, I didn't see the Instagram. I'm so bad with I, with checking any. I don't. I hate. I hate all social media. I right. hate all of it. I loathe the fact that I have to be on any of it because I'm a comedian. If, I, I mean, my goal is to move into the woods. That is right. That is my, that is my Hell goal. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry if I didn't see
1: that, but yes. I am, you know what, if you would have saw it before we got in contact, you might have never even like-
3: messaged me about yourself. So, <laughs> I'm really fine here. You but just ratted you- yourself out for no reason. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, well, now <laughs> I'm going to go look for it. Well,
1: because <laughs> we're going to tag you in Blast a story and, like, a post eventually, like, when this comes out, and you're going to be like, this
2: fucking weirdo spelled my name wrong. So everyone gonna- spells my name wrong. I In my email... I have my name, and people will email me and still spell my name wrong. Right. And so I can't, I don't even get mad at it anymore. I'm just like, it's, I know the A-C-E is the more popular spelling of my name, so if that's what you, I, and I'm also not a person that's that petty and insecure that I get mad when people misspell my name. Right, and also
1: it's uh, autocorrect, so it wasn't my fault. So. Uh-
2: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Candace Owens, probably. She's more popular than me, so it just defaults to that. <laughs> it, it might have did that,
1: actually. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the show here. Uh, sorry for the viewers for that little spiel, but it had to be said. So, <laughs> uh, Candace, if you want to get into your comedy career, where you're from, your upbringing, how you started, and stuff like that, and then we could go from there. So take it away.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, originally from Queens, New York. Uh, that's where I spent the first like decade of my life, and then Cincinnati, Ohio. We moved there when I was like ten, almost ten years old. My dad. Everyone's like, "Why did you move from New York to Cincinnati?" I'm like, I was a child. I didn't have <laughs> any say. I could. I. I didn't know I could vote. So uh, yeah, my dad, dad got transferred, so we moved to Cincinnati, and that's where I spent most of my. Uh, you know. all of my, you know, teenage years. And then I went to college there. I went to Miami University of Oxford, Ohio. Um, Shout out to Ben Roethlisberger. I don't want to shout him out at all. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then, I mean, I knew like probably my fourth year of college, like right before I graduated, I was like, I don't think I want to pursue what I've spent these past four years pursuing, which was a, I have a degree, a bachelor's of science in um, dietetics and health and nutrition. And so I was like, you know what, I'm too goofy to work in a hospital, which is what I would have to be doing to get my, uh, to get my internship for a year before I could take my exam to be a full on like practicing dietitian. And so I was like, no, I'm too silly. Like I would be that person that's making fun of somebody who's getting their leg amputated so I was like no I'm inappropriate I'm inappropriate and insubordinate all the time and so the one thing I knew that I was like always good at was just making people laugh and being funny like since I was a kid like I've been making people laugh just like unintentionally and just uh, I was like, maybe I should just try that, like not stand up, but I wanted to get into like television writing and like sitcoms. And so I was like, I'm funny. And I knew that I wanted to act too. So I was like, I can try that. And so I went to my parents and I was like, would you guys hate me if I told you that you're the money you spent on getting my education for the past four years? Is I just want to kind of throw that out the window. And <laughs> they were like, they're super supportive, which is great, but also, awful because like you know every success story of celebrities because they had awful parents like they beat the shit out of them they Mm. told them they weren't gonna amount to anything I'm the complete opposite like I could have told my parents anything and they would have been oh we support you 100% and I'm like you guys had been if you guys had hit me a little (laughs) bit more I probably would have (laughs) had seven sitcoms by now but they're just very supportive and loving and so they were like yeah we will support you in anything that you do and so I saved up my money And uh, moved from Cincinnati to L.A., not knowing anyone, and was just like, I'm just going to take a stab at this on a wing and a prayer. And I just kind of, again, didn't know I'd be doing stand-up. I wanted to just get into acting and writing. And then I met somebody who was a friend of a friend from back in Cincinnati who was in stand-up comedy in Baltimore who was moving out to L.A. So my friend connected us. And we started hanging out and he was like, you're hilarious. You should actually do some open mics with me. And so we started going around hitting rooms in LA, like little coffee shops, uh, with like two people in it, telling jokes, doing my like terrible Aaron Neville impression is how I started. And, uh, I got into a sketch group kind of quickly with the Laugh Factory with like Kevin Hart. The first people I met like in comedy were like Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish. These are the people that were in my circles. And so we started doing sketch comedy at the Laugh Factory, this group called the Comedy Playground, which is kind of like a mix of sketch and improv. And uh, from there, that's just how I started meeting more people in stand up. And then I started performing more and it just yada, yada, yada. Here we are. Was I, the per- cool.
4: Let me ask this real quick. Was the, was the person from Baltimore Ryan Sickler?
2: No. Is he from Baltimore? Yeah. I did not. For some, Why do I think he's from the South? Why does he talk like that? <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> you better Google hard. that. You better Google not, that, he's got bro. A hard,
4: like, Maryland accent.
2: Is he? I,
4: yeah.
2: For me, it sounds kind of like I'm hearing his voice right now in my head, and it's even still sounding subtle to me. Maybe I just don't know my dialects, but – uh, no, uh, my friend that I knew from Baltimore, his name is DeJuan Owens, and he was like back in the day used to be on the road and open for Bill Burr, and uh, so yeah, he moved out here. He actually quit comedy and now he just focuses on acting. And he's being he's like pretty successful at that right now. So, um, but yeah, he's the reason why I got into stand-up
1: Wow, oh, two things I just want to ask: um, Are you still paying paying your student loan debts? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I have no student. Luckily for me, I had parents who took care of that for me. But also I got I had scholarships too. I had like a minority scholarship and an academic scholarship. So Mm. I had Yeah, I didn't have to my parents were all like took care of that for me. Thank God.
1: Okay, I just want to know because I know people still paying for a very long time here. Yeah, no, um, also, also, too, um, you, you mentioned that when you got on stage, it was only two to three people. Like, was it a lot hard? Oh, no, sorry. I wanted to ask, can you do your Aaron Neville impression or no?
2: <laughs> I thought you'd
1: never ask. <laughs> Let
2: me do the spin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how much. But I know I love That may be tonight. <laughs> Phenomenal!
1: <laughs> how did you know you could do that impression? And was there anyone else you could do? And how did that go over with the crowd? Sorry to ask oh. in a row, but
2: uh, right, there was two or three people there. So I mean, it didn't get any laughs, but I also knew <laughs> that if. It was my literally my first time doing stand-up and I did that impression and I, I somehow wove it into a joke into a premise and I don't remember exactly how I set it up but it didn't get a response but I also knew that I was like hey that didn't like destroy me like not getting a response and performing on stage and I've always like performed like I was a dancer when I grew up I used to I played sports and so I, I was comfortable in front of people doing what I had to do but it didn't crush me that they didn't respond. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'd have it in me to keep doing this.
1: Hmm. I
2: did.
1: Cool. Brian, I want to pass to you. Cause you do do some comedy. So if you have any questions, go for it.
4: Not on her level though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta start somewhere. You gotta He's start like, I don't get paid
4: <laughs> for
2: it. <laughs>
4: no, you know, before, right before everything happened with COVID, I started getting uh, paid spots at a couple of places in New York. Definitely. So it was like, it was like kind of going and I was so happy about it. And then it was like COVID, no more shows. Yeah. So every, everything that I had planned, I had shows like in April and May and like going back to the city and it all just gone.
2: Well, but, uh, if it makes you feel any better, all of us are gonna be starting over with comedy when all of this yeah. is over. Okay. It's gonna be like we're all open micers again because nobody remembers how to do stand up. I don't remember any of my jokes, it's awful.
4: Well, the first time you got up, like, were you actually were you very nervous to go do it?
2: I wasn't, and I don't know, like, I don't know what it is. I, I used to be a really shy kid. I used to be like so shy as a kid that, like, my sister would be like, "Hey, go if we needed, to, like, need to know what time a movie started back in the day." She'd be like, "Go ask the lady in the booth," and I'd be like, "No, I'm not gonna, no, I can't talk mm-hmm. to you, I can't, no, no." So, like, that's how shy, and I don't know when I overcame that, but. Even from then, I wouldn't say I was nervous. It was just like, okay, this is either going to go really bad or really good. And what's the worst that could possibly happen is I'll embarrass myself for five minutes um, in front of people that are never going to see me again. So, mm-hmm. and but even to this day, I don't really my nerves don't really bother me unless it's kind of like like a, a late night taping or something like that where I know this is going to live online for the rest of my life. Um, I'll get a little bit of like nerves, but I meditate a lot and I. For like anxiety
3: and I deep breathing, and I just know that, you know, it's, it's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm.
4: Before I you first, I. Oh, no, no, I was just gonna say, I do a thing like anytime if I have a spot somewhere before I go up, like literally as the MC will be saying my name, I like kind of put my head down and I say, nothing matters. And yeah. then I just go up and say whatever the fuck I'm gonna say.
2: Yep, that's le- that's like like a mantra everyone should live by. Like not,
3: legit, none of this matters. It's Brian, hot mic and that's the first thing they hear. Nothing matters. matters. <laughs> I, mean, no matters. Not
2: Brian.
1: <laughs> I can't I can't wait to rob a bank with Brian, and that's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking thing he just touches.
3: His nothing head matters. <laughs> it okay. uh, when you when you first were about to go on stage for the first time, did you go into it thinking I want to do comedy for a living, or was it more like let me just give it a shot? And if I like you said, like if I suck, I suck, but like. Was that your goal and you just wanted to see how you did?
2: Um, no, it wasn't my goal. I had no goals to do stand-up comedy at all. Like, I, I loved stand-up comedy. Like, and it was just so interesting to me because I love as a kid. I re- like I remember watching like the Tonight Show as a kid with my parents and like memorizing the stand up comic late night sets, memorizing what they said and then performing it back. And I remember my mom like not laughing at all when the comic was doing it, and then when I do it, Mah! It's just hilarious, but we're also talking about the woman who thinks I sing better than Whitney Houston. So <laughs> yeah. her gauge is a little bit right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had I I love I always loved comedy. I just didn't I had no idea I'd be doing stand-up. and then um, but Chappelle like I remember watching Chappelle's first uh, Killing, Killing him Softly, him softly. Yeah.
0: when that
2: came out, and I just remember not i think that was a, definitely a pivotal moment for me not when i knew that i wanted to do stand up at all cuz i didn't i hadn't even moved out to la yet but i was there was something about that that was like i love comedy like man i love his the way his brain works and the way that he makes you think and there's just something about that that i want to be a part of but i had no idea i didn't it didn't dawn on me stand up at all
4: wow did you-, did you have to when you when you moved out to la did you find that you had a a harder time connecting with the audiences out there because i know just with some comedians that i've talked to that have toured around they go around the country um i've found that ones that are from like the new york new jersey area have a little bit of a tougher time because like we're we're brutal out here like i mean go to an open mic in jersey city like if your your stuff is not like on point making people laugh, like people have no problem like yelling at you, get off the stage.
2: Oh, yeah. It's like you know? the Apollo. They just yeah.
4: Whereas, whereas like a place in, in California, like they're a little bit more reserved. They're a little bit more like the manners are there. Like they're not going to yell at you like that, you know?
2: Yeah, well, uh, luckily for me is I actually started in LA. So I didn't have anything to compare it to. Like, um, I know New York is tough. And I perform there numerous times. um, And I love it. It is a different type of vibe for sure. But LA, like, there is something more forgiving about LA. And I think it's mainly because everyone lives in fantasy land out here. Like, it's just there's a fakeness. And there's a. They can, they can be mean in their own way. Like, they're not going to yell at you necessarily, but they, they think they're too good to laugh at you, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I – because everyone's a celebrity out here. Everyone thinks yeah. they're famous. Everyone possibly is famous. So it's always this air of, like, impress me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I didn't – that's the one thing. is pe- People always ask me, how did you – how did you how do you like how did you get into LA like isn't it so competitive from where you came? I was like I never had, so I just had to be good from jump. Like I had nothing, I had nothing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I just better be funny quick so I can stand out and, you know, get up places."
1: When you okay. first started, sorry, Elliot. we'll get to when you first started, were you more like personal humor or did you take like like um about yourself or did you take situations you were in that you saw in LA and make jokes about it how did you go about your first jokes and how did you evolve into the stuff you did now
2: yeah I've actually always been a more observational comedian even to this day like even when I started um I was more like of a Seinfeld like well what about like and you know just picking things that I noticed that I thought were bizarre and I still do that. That's just my style. I talk about personal things sometimes, um, like about my race and, like, my upbringing and because, you know, I'm black, but I look, you know, very ambiguous. And so that's left a huge, like, you know, impression on me, Um, by the way, you know, just from people, the way people have treated me, uh, you know, just that, I mean, that's really how I got funny is because I always felt like I didn't fit in places, because it was either, you know, you know what America is, you're either people put you in boxes. And if you don't fit in those boxes, you're just, you know, you're just homeless. And so that was me my whole entire life. So I always felt insecure. And so a defense mechanism for me was just to make things funny. Um, But I'll talk about race stuff personally. But again, I would say 90% of my material is more observational and like social commentary.
0: Cool. Uh, Ellie, go on if you have anything. Lots of things, first of all. Uh, I may, can relate to you. Very similar situation. Uh, my and I. So I was watching one of your sets, and when you, I, your part where you're talking about when you combine the two most oppressed races, you come out looking white. I felt that in my non-existent ginger soul. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's it. That's literally me. Like, <laughs> and that had me, I like cracked. My neighbors probably heard me laughing because it's just like, Oh, thank fuck. Someone knows what it's like, you know, because again, when people can't put you in a box that bothers them and they want to put you, they want to compartmentalize you. And it's like, no. And then I was like, well, for me, cause my dad's Jewish. It's like, well, man, let's make that three oppressed groups. You know, right. <laughs> So I was just, I like, I felt like that shit hit me really hard. And I really, I, I thought that was gold. Um, okay. But yeah, so it, it's cool to see, um, I guess for me, someone like me, one being successful and two, like someone that has like those experiences where, you know, it's people are kind of like, what are you, which, you know, I get all the time. I'm sure you did too. And it's like the most dehumanizing thing ever. And it's like, do you, would you go up to a white guy and be like, what are you? No. Right. No. I and do. like, so it got to the point, like, <laughs> okay, well, maybe he does. Eric does. But it got to the point where in college, like this guy asked me, he's like, what are you? And I was like a fucking human. And I just walked away. Cause so I was like, I'm not in, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, no forget you guys so yeah and i'm sure you probably got i'm sure you probably still get that to this day what are you and it's just oh, like does it of
2: course and it's it's i mean it's worse now i feel like um it, now with all the identity politics and now it's like everyone's taking so much pride in what they are and like it's their whole right like community where it's like it, it was an issue before with, in Hollywood, like with casting uh, for me, because, you know, they already had their predetermined stereotypes of how black people should talk and act and behave. And these are the roles that are for black people. And you don't fit that. And now it's like in this woke age, we were supposed to get better. But it's like it's, I feel like it's worse. Like, yeah, not, not only it's like. Not only are like casting people telling me that I'm not black enough, but I've got like these white liberals telling me just in life I'm not black enough. Like you're not oppressed enough. You're not this and this and this. And I'm like, how? I had a white woman on Twitter tell me to check my privilege.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) So. That's uncomfortable
2: Did you did you smack the shit out of her through Twitter? It, like I hope through you-
0: Twitter, I did one of those. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'd be like, "What's your address? What's yeah, your address? Right. message me your address?" Yeah. Because
3: You're of how how much everything pivoted, do you feel like now people went well, before people went from like, "What are you?" Do you feel like now it's kind of like, "Well, what are you?" Like they're trying to like be woke. Like what? Tell me. Like what's it like? What are you? Like do you feel like you get that more now?
2: Um, well, yes, it's, it's like a, yeah, like because there's an oppression Olympics that's happening right now, so they don't yeah. know how to feel about me or how to treat me yeah. until they know where I am in the hierarchy. Like, yeah. I can be. They cool
3: know how bad
0: they should feel. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's so sad and crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I wanted to touch
1: on that too because I, I do have like uh, part I wanted to touch on because uh, the reason we did start interacting on Twitter was because of the whole I want to say Aunt Jemima thing you tweeted about or you, <laughs> you tweeted like. Wait, they canceled Aunt Jemima, and there's still racist stuff going on? I can't believe it. Right, and you, like, tweeted back man. I even said, I was like, listen, as a white person from the outside looking in, all I could see is this. And you mentioned that you used to be on one side, and you kind of did, like, a 180, and now you're fighting older white women about how black you are. And, like, how do you deal with that, and what made you switch, if you don't mind talking about that?
2: Yeah, no, I don't mind it at all. I think I think most more people need to start talking about it, especially as comedians. Like, I I don't know when like artists started biting their tongues, like, and why uh, we were the ones that were supposed to be outspoken about you know these things, uh, and it just shifted completely. And it's just a shame because there are people that I respect or used to respect (laughs) i should say that i'm just like (laughs) like as comedy peers and i'm just like why are you so close-minded and just not open to even having conversations about these things um but yeah i used to be on the left i used to be on like not like hardcore left but because i've always been somewhat a little bit conservative with my values and views uh but i i you know just it was a, a identity politics I was like oh I'm black so I must like I can't be over there because they're mm-hmm. the ones that everyone they're they're the racist ones and I don't blame 100% I don't blame all the liberals um for the way that they think I mean I blame them in that they they need to be start searching other places for their information because mm-hmm. you have complete control over that but you know if you're a person that watches mainstream media all the time and you keep hearing this narrative of how evil one side is and that's all you hear that's what you believe and that's where i was and i knew i i mean i'm a huge like conspiracy person like i've gone down all the rabbit holes i don't believe a lot of them but i do believe a lot of them and i have always known that mainstream media Manipulates. I didn't know that, but even knowing that, like I still got lost in that hole. This is what I'm black. I need to believe this. I need to vote for this person. I need to be, you know, this or I'm the or I'm a sellout. I'm a coon. Mm. And uh, yeah, I woke up. I woke up. I woke up during the pandemic, which is I I was hoping most people would have woken up during the pandemic because you had time to be at home and do some actual research. But uh, a lot of people are still asleep.
1: <laughs> what 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 did it though? Because the pandemic's only been a year. Was it like a tweet someone sent you? Was it? Did you watch something on a on a media network and like fuck this? Like I'm yeah. out.
2: Yeah. No, I went on YouTube. So I have a friend <laughs> who. Uh, has been we've always talked about conspiracy theories together, but there were certain conspiracies that she was aware of that she never like mentioned to me and because she was like, I didn't think you were ready. And I'm like, I'm always like, right. I'm always ready, okay? <laughs> and so uh, I called her over to my house and we just had we set this thing called conspiracy Thursday where we would just go on YouTube and this was before all the censorship started happening. This was like right before they started pulling down Uh, conservative views from YouTube and other social platforms and so we would just start going down all these rabbit holes and there was one particular video that made me just be like oh snap and it was the Trump video where you remember how when the Charlottesville when it was that he was saying there are good people on both sides and I saw the full length of the video on YouTube where he says specifically I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis I'm talking about, (laughs) you know, the good people on that side that just want to protect the statues for whatever, for history purposes or whatever. And uh, I saw that and I was like, I knew, uh, I knew the media manipulates and I knew they're capable of, you know, of putting out information like that to skew it towards their, their narrative. But in that moment, I was like, I wonder what else. Did they have they manipulated that Trump has said? And I was like, oh, and then I just started going and I saw more right. and more and more. And I was like, not that I, I'm not a Trump supporter either. I'm just a person, I'm in the middle. Like, I'm just, I'm just like, I don't trust either one of these sides. I know what's really going on, That they pit us against one another so that we don't fight the real enemy, which is, you know, the elites, them the working class. Wow. And that's no, them. No, no, you
4: know what these people should start doing? And like, everybody should do this. Just, just for your speeches, create an OnlyFans account. Don't let anyone have it for free, because then they can't manipulate it.
2: That's true.
4: Everyone's got to pay for it if you want to see it. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So are you talking to me, Brian? I should create one?
4: No, <laughs> oh, not Definitely. you. Nobody wants to know what you're saying. No
1: <laughs> <laughs> one cares what you have to say. <laughs> no, it yeah, can't. No, I have to I have to say that, too, because we, uh, after the George Floyd death back in May, and I've talked about this before, we had on someone from L.A. who we were mutual friends with, a black guy who went to the marches, the protests, and we had a great conversation about it. I've been transparent. Four years ago, I voted for Trump. Uh, We have people on the network. I have friends who hate his guts, Mm -hmm. but we get along, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's nothing crazy. And we had a great conversation about everything, the Black Lives Matter movement. He posts on Instagram – we're actually friends with him to this day, so he won't mind I'm saying this. We, he posts on Instagram, go check out this heavy right-wing podcast. <laughs> and I text him. I go, how am I heavy right-wing? What did I do? <laughs> it was just wild, like you said. Like I was like, I thought after the conversation we had, like I'm kind of in the middle here, but it's like you said, one side, the other side, and right. it's a wild mm-hmm. time. You can't
2: even you can't say one you can't question something without someone being like, "Oh, you're alt right." And I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, you're a time masker." Like, no, I just question things. Like, I have critical thinking skills and I just don't I don't see something and then just take it, take it in and then just believe it. I, you know, I have a brain and I, you know, I trust my gut more than I trust anything else. I trust my gut more than I trust the government, of course. And Mm-hmm. Anything that anyone says to me, including scientists that have to just because you have a degree doesn't mean or a master's or a doctorate doesn't mean you know more than I do. It means you went to school longer than I did.
3: Hmm. Yeah.
1: You're good at memorizing things, as Brian said on the one episode.
4: The, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? The the sugar industry paid off the uh, the FDA to say that fats were the reason that people were getting all sorts of and things yeah. and they admitted that then that's been going on for 80 years and then it, it finally comes out that, oh sugar yeah. it's oh no it's not high it's not uh, saturated fat and unsaturated fat now it's sugar oh that's the problem yeah
2: there's always well, an agenda and if you don't realize that by now if you don't question why they put fluoride in our water like what are we talking about like that's not a thing <laughs> that's not that's not a thing that should be in our water it's poison and they keep they saying it's for our teeth what are you talking you care about our teeth no, you don't. That's that's why I buy. Okay. That's
1: I buy Brita filters. That's that doesn't idea. get
2: the fluoride out. Just FYI, the only way to get fluoride out is through distillation or having reverse osmosis water.
1: Well, you know Scotty what? Awesome. This changes my life. I'm su- I was super positive <laughs> about this. Now yeah, I'm like, no, fluoride. you was ruined
3: it. You do his yeah, he, world. he brushes oh. his teeth five times a day because he uses <laughs> Brita. Do, do you think that uh, do you think that like comedy like the pendulum is going to swing backwards because it started getting more woke 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 where some of them weren't even woke. being funny they were just kind of just saying well Trump's an asshole and I was like yeah yeah but now like after Dave Chappelle stand ups and Bill Burr and SNL like they pretty much just like shoved everybody's face in it it was like look at this and people like that's a good thing like Twitter sucks for whatever I don't have it but uh, like. It shows all sides, too. So people are saying, yes, this is what we want. This is the comedy. You don't have to like it, but I, like. we need this. Do you think it's slowly, those are going to kind of spark it to swing back?
2: I think it's going to have to. Otherwise, comedy is just going to die. I mean, yeah. it's been dying. Um, and I don't know who's to blame. I know I talked to some comics the other night, and they were like, I blame Hannah Gatsby. <laughs> for that Nanette special that's when it all started going and I was like no I mean that was already already going downhill at that point mm-hmm. but I think that enough I know enough comics that are fed up that we just need to create our own spaces that are purposely uh, meant to be subversive and to get people back to what comedy used to be Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we need to take the initiative ourselves. And I know enough people that we could, we could definitely do it, but we just, you know, we just have to actually do it. Right.
1: And Jim, Jim Norton talks about, I don't know if you know Jim Norton. He's on the, mm-hmm. uh, So Jim and Sam, uh, they do XM show every morning and Norton has talked about that. I hate to bring him up cause like, you're our guest, but he, he talked about that and he said like George Carlin today, the seven things you can't say, like you'd have such a problem with a skit like that today. He, Absolutely he'd just be canceled. But I want to ask too, what comedians did you look up to that you went back and researched as you were doing comedies? Sorry to go back to the comedy aspect. No, I mean... it's
2: fine. Whatever. Um, we can talk about whatever. Uh, I mean, Chappelle is my top. Like, he's just the funniest person <laughs> to me. He's a comedic yeah. genius. But I, you know, grew up watching Sinbad. I loved, yeah. I loved Carlin too. He, I just loved, Carlin never made me like hilariously laugh. But it was his honesty. Yeah.
0: It was
2: his, I don't care if this hurts your feelings. This is what it is. I'm just going to say it. And, you know, back in the day, it used to be a safer place, uh, place to do that was the stage. Um, but, uh, you know, comedy and truth go hand in hand that's why that's what makes comedy comedy is it comes from a place of truth and even the audiences know when a joke is not coming from a place of truth they can tell and that there's a reason for that why that premise was flimsy is because there was no truth in it and so uh carlin absolutely because of that um who else did i i mean i loved seinfeld like the show <clears throat> his stand-up wasn't like my favorite coming up but I still religiously, like, I watch his show before I go to bed at night. So, like, that sense of humor, that cerebral, observational, just silly uh, type of comedy. Him, he was definitely, like, a top for me. And Chris Rock, of course. Chris Rock. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Chris yes.
0: Rock.
2: Yeah. yeah. Go on, Brian. I'm interjecting.
0: No, on, I'm interjecting. Y'all been talking enough. <laughs> Anyways. have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Candace, so I just want to touch back on the Aunt Jemima thing. I'm not sure what you said about it, but mm-hmm. from like my perspective, my point of view, it's just kind of like the black square thing. It's like that's not actually you're looking like you're doing something without actually doing something. Like that's not actually helping racial equity, like removing yeah. Aunt Jemima or post, posting a black square is not help is not does not help or promote racial equity. It's just I'm mean, gonna look like I care because this is the end thing right now. And it's like, no. You need to actually, how about we, you know, we work on, we look at zoning and zoning is totally embedded in racism. Like, why don't we redo, why don't we reevaluate zoning and school districts and, you know, why there are certain neighborhoods and why these certain neighborhoods are the way that they are. And let's, why don't we take a deep dive into that and look at how I'm sure, you know, like this era is called the new Jim Crow era, how, you know, granted, there's no more slavery, but mass incarceration is just another form of slavery at this point. It's all the colored. It's like, Oh, colored in you go, you know? So it's like, fuck your little black square. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I posted it, but I'm, I'm black, you know, so like, it's right. meant a little bit more to me, you know, like, again, when it's like the protests and whatnot, and it's like, you know, how I've tried to explain it to people um, that are, again, like, don't understand it. And it's like, it's not saying like, black people are more important, or like, your life doesn't matter. It's like, imagine every day, I'm sure you go through this too everyday thinking, like, you know, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle, my dad, my brother, my mom can get shot for going about their daily business just because of the color of their skin. That stress weighs on you, you know, because people, I always, every now and then hear people be like, I'm tired of hearing about Black Lives Matter. It's like, I'm tired of worrying about my cousins and family members getting shot <laughs> when they're going just going to their car. So right. imagine living with that. And then it's like, black square. And it's like, for fuck's
2: sake. So? Right. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> it
0: doesn't
2: help. And again, it's just, it's just, uh. It's all virtual signaling and as a laziness yeah. into you know i mean if you compare activists today with activists back like during civil rights yeah. like you can't compare. <sighs> <laughs> joke yeah, yeah like posting a square or, or whatever is not activism it's, nope. it's no uh,
0: like how many petitions have you signed oh i didn't know if there was a petition to sign it's like you literally right. can sign them in five seconds or you know like that young man that was murdered by cops in Aurora, Colorado. I've like, there's this whole like postcard writing campaign and I've put in like $20 and sent a bunch of postcards to like the governor of Colorado. Like, hey, you need to handle this. Like, it's simple things you can do instead of just like, again, ooh, black square. Or, you know, I'm going to just write BLM on my face. And it's like, oh.
2: Yeah, no, people just don't, uh, they just go with, it's unfortunate. They just do yeah. what everyone it's else- It's a trend. Is. It's on trend. It's on- They act, want it's, it.
4: People want to seem like they care. It's like when there's a tragedy and then they're like, let me go post on Facebook thoughts and prayers. Like, could you do less? Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Especially now with like there, nobody really has a personal life for the past year. No one's going out. No one's doing anything. You're not at the club. You're not saying, look at my new outfit, me and all my friends at the bar. And it's just like, I need something to stay on social media. I need, I'm not funny. I don't have a personality. So, Hey, Look at this black sport doing all these things. I mean, that's what it kind of seems like. Look at me, pretty much. It's like, have you thought about me today? Absolutely.
2: We can't overlook the main reason why anyone does anything on social media, which is for attention. (laughs) I just, I need to, I need to post something today. I need to get likes. It's like a drug, and it's sad. And everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be famous. Everybody wants to, you know, just matter. And like, you can matter, but you, you know, have you thought about? What? what the things you should matter for like
0: mm-hmm. what's
2: your own opinion do some research read a book like it's just so sad what's happening
1: are we just gonna speed by how eric did great poses for three separate instagram takes? <laughs> oh, do it, it again. was two
3: it was two Let's do it
1: again <laughs> phenomenal it again. poses
3: like- I, I was i was in queens and i, I was feeling my sweatshirt and somebody said, "Oh, do you want me to take?" And we walked by a mirror. You want me to take a picture? I said, "No." And oh, I, I
0: saw that. I saw just like kidding shot. around, yes.
3: and it was just like I looked at my phone. I had like eighty, and we were just laughing. So I posted <laughs> it because I needed a like. I needed uh, a like.
1: But like, well, you said Candace and Ellie too. That's what always bothers me. As and it's gonna sound so weird, but like it makes sense to me. It bothers me as a white dude when I see other white dudes trying to be a part of it when I know they're not even genuine about it. Like. <laughs> It's so annoying. Like I have people like imagine like I have people who texted other people I know who are like how like black people are like, how come you didn't text me how I felt right now during this whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I ain't going through my Rolodex of every (laughs) worker I know. How are you feeling like yeah. I mean, you're an adult, like I would assume yeah. you're right. And like you said, the NBA, the MLS, any of these things, listen, they have a platform. I'm all for them doing their thing. But when you put, my thing is the MLS war um, for the tournament in Orlando, Black Lives Matter shirts. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But what happens when the season actually starts this year? Yeah, what do you, you don't have yeah, the shirts you actually doing now. You don't have the shirts on. Right. So like why what don't are you actually you- doing exactly yeah. why don't you continue it? Why just for three months they matter? Like and that shit bothers me. It's like the virtue signaling that pisses me off so fucking much. You know, it's all what's trendy and
2: what's what's it's cool. trendy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's that bothers be, me what's as me. People I can imagine spending
4: money. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
4: Basically. Oh, yeah. Especially with like the sports things like that. It's like, what's gonna get people to still continue to put money into my business? Oh, we got to slap the black lives matter thing on. Yeah, yeah, paint it on the street, put it on the walls, give them shirts, whatever. As yeah. long as they pay us for it.
2: Yeah, but and I and that's where black people we need to stop just accepting any old form of, you know, uh we care. That? The suit right. we care. Yeah. Because we need to see that like that's not progress. Like I talk about this all the time, but like w- we we can say that's not enough. But we need to stop accepting it. Right. Like, I, I'm like, there's no reason why I'm sorry to get back to like, uh, like presidents and no, like, All political shit, that's too political, but there's no reason why black people should have voted for Biden. Like, there's, and I know that sounds like identity politics, but it's, they're using that same. They're saying that Trump is racist. Biden has had so many, he, he endorsed Robert Byrd, who was a former Klansman, and mm-hmm. they, he has just as much, you know, he wrote the crime bill. So it's like, you, you kind of hold people to the same standards, right? So you can't say Trump is racist, but then say Biden is not, when but. arguably he's actually done worse for black people than Trump has. Yeah. So it's just like, we shouldn't accept, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have, you know, accepted any part of Biden, if we're gonna say we're not voting for Trump because he's racist, but then we have to look at the same issues on this side. So mm-hmm. yeah. we have to stand up for ourselves, and it's we have to stop accepting these little handouts like, "Oh, that's gonna make stuff better." Like, no, what? but taking a knee has done nothing. Like, <laughs> we're, we're applauding <laughs> now because now all the all the athletes are taking a knee, but what has that done? Yeah,
3: yeah. That's not a
2: solution to anything. Well, that's to me, my- that's the same as Aunt Jemima being gone. It's the same yeah. shit.
3: Well, Biden did say, "If you don't vote for Biden, you ain't black." So
2: <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. He did, and black people were like, "You know what? He's right." Yeah. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, Wake up! Right. Ah.
1: I can't Can touch I say, on it, obviously, because I'm not black. But like, it sounds like you make points, Ellie. Going.
0: No, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like finally, black people are kind of waking up to that. Candace, like, if I'll, I'll scrap I'll like, you know, prowl Twitter, and people are like once again and this is not a slight to like white people but we let our movements get hijacked oh. by outsiders like blm has really? a 1000% been taken over by white folks it is now a white cause absolutely I'm sure, some, I'm sure some white lady's going to come back and tell me I'm white Not it's a white cause it's a
3: white hobby it's a white <laughs> hobby i absolutely. swear it, it's a white hobby yeah yeah
2: it's I mean, it's been taken over by whites <laughs> right and i don't you know i don't of course black lives matter as a statement right right but the organization i've never really fully trusted i've never no where's uh, the
0: money going where's the money going like i don't i will not directly fund a blm like yeah i've got blm like hats and stuff but if they were made by like a small you know like sewer in my neighborhood or whatever like i didn't go on blm's website and order from them because it's like i've yet to see like a budget produced like okay are you funding like underprivileged schools or like are you going to south central la or chicago or detroit and Giving those kids, helping those, getting those kids new textbooks, like getting yeah. those kids tutoring programs, or you know, what what are where is that money going? Like, have you seen a a, a bill like of where that this money's
2: allegedly going? Exactly, and and I again, I always go back to what has been done. Right. What, what did they What did they accomplish? And black, just, square. It, black square, black yeah, square, black square, and it's just <laughs> oh, it's suspicious. I mean, we see these movements every time there's an election, right? And it's like you can't tell me that that's not an agenda. You can't tell me that that's not to get people to to be a distraction or to get uh you know people of color and minorities more you know angry so that they know to vote democrat when i'm like that's not what <laughs> that's what they want you to do but yeah that doesn't mean it, they right. um the
1: worst part too with the white people hijacking it it's usually like like younger white women who are like rich and daughters of dentists and doctors who know one black person. Like uh-huh. they don't even like interact with minorities and they're out there protesting. Like, like I'll laugh at something Chappelle says that's like a black or white chick, and they'll look at me like, you're a racist. You don't even know a black person. Shut the fuck exactly. up. Yeah. Like, it's, just, uh-huh. it's infuriating. So I'm with Ellie on that.
0: Well, yeah, if I can interject too. So I was, at that big one in LA before shit went south. And before, you know, those assholes hijacked it. So like, and what I will keep preaching this to the day I die as someone that was there, there was the peaceful protest. And then there were just the people there to fuck shit up. And you could tell it was about like three o'clock, like people that had been at the protest all day, like my friends and I were and a bunch of other people, everyone that we like walked from that park with all the way down to wherever we were. I'm not too familiar with LA. Sorry. Um, started dipping back, either going home or going to the park. And then you could see like shit getting bad and like, you know, cops setting up like stations and whatnot. And it's just like, these people were not a part of this. Like again, everyone either went back to the park or went home. And you could just see like this mass exodus of like the actual, the people there that are actually there for the cause. And while, while we were there, guess who's spray painting a freaking mail truck? This little white boy with his purse. Of course. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and, I, and literally, I, me and like a bunch of other people were like, what are you doing? It was, it was a satchel. It was, a, you're right, excuse me, a satchel, his saddlebag. And we're like, what are you, like, we were all like, stop it, what are you doing? Like, that's not, like, oh, oh, cool, you, you spray painted a cab on a freaking mail truck. Guess whose taxes are going to go to repaint that? Mine! Fuck you. Right, of of and course. then the same thing, this little white girl, again, then like, spray painted like, fuck 12 on the side of a building, and it's like, did any I'm sorry did any colored in this crowd ask her to do this? <laughs> oh no. Okay, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. Candace speaking up, of speaking up, of fuck twelve, real quick on a uh, CNN, there was a reporter and they go, one of the protests is clearly protesters is clear upset about the new curfew, and the guy's like, fuck twelve, fuck twelve. I was like, that is that is not what he's saying. Candace,
1: <laughs> I haven't heard you touch on this in any of your comedy. I know, like you, you're in touch with um your black side and whatnot, but like the Native American side, like, do you delve into that?
2: Uh, the heritage oh, yeah. aspect of which, it. Like, which which uh, tribe? Right, like you don't how? Me asking which tribe? It, you yeah, no. This is how out of touch I am with my Native American side because so it's I'm black and Native American and white on both sides of my family. Okay. So, yeah, well, there's the black natives too, which you yeah. probably know all about. No, no, I don't. But <laughs> I really don't. I'll no, educate you because I, <laughs> right. I, I did some learning myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my I blame my parents because I asked my parents like my whole entire life. So what? Um, what like? Native American, are we? And they're like, well, Cherokee, Seminole, and they think Shinnecock. But I, and, th- but, and that's and that's the extent of our conversations. Like we've never, they've never like been like, hey, let's explore, let's go, let's do, let's go to this museum, let's go take a road trip. They never did any of that for me. They never, and there's no like Native Americans left. So there was like yeah. no, there was a community of Native Americans in Cincinnati that I could have like, gone <laughs> into so i got you yeah okay, unfortunately amazing. i don't really know anything about the native so, side of my
0: family it's funny you mentioned that so my grandfather again black native grew up on a cherokee reservation with his seven brothers and sisters and um so if you want to get in touch with your cherokee side because it's been my dream to like go back down to tulsa oklahoma which is where they went you know trail of tears let's send them trail to the fucking tears. oklahoma yeah. that's how they ended up no seriously She's like i'm, <laughs> I'm serious, serious.
2: I'd yeah, I'm serious, so because,
0: like, the Cherokee were in, like, the southeast, and then they're, like, hey, indigenous fuckers, get your shit and get out. Go to Oklahoma. Yeah. And then, um, so, like, that shit was, like, when my great-grandfather went to go to town for water, it was whites, colored, and then the horse trough was for the natives. It's like, damn, we can't even get the colored water? Like, no. we're colored. <laughs> yeah, so, um, water. Yeah. Yeah, wow. pretty much. You get, the, you get the animal water. So. You know, like that shit is real and 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 whatnot. But so yeah, if you want to go take a trip down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, let me know because that's been on my to-do list of things to do. Yeah,
2: no, I do. I feel guilty because I've never really explored uh, into that side. Um, but yeah, I need to for sure.
1: I also love how Candace started this conversation by saying, my parents are the best. They support me. And then when we ask about her Cherokee side, she goes, I blame my parents. Yeah. <laughs> the They're one, fault.
3: They're one fault. Those are parents, there is, right? There
1: their one They're one
3: fault. You said you grew up in Queens. Were your parents from, like, the Northeast because, like, the Trail Tears and all that? Like, I've been uh, to the Southwest and everything. That seems like that's the most concentrated area of Native Americans. So, like, how did they – end up in queens or like was it generations in, in new york or
2: well yeah well my dad is from bedside he's the one that's uh, from brooklyn and my mom is from virginia she grew up in okay. a small town called uh dinwiddie in petersburg virginia um mm-hmm. so yeah then she moved to new york when she was 19. uh she's mm-hmm. like the only one in my in my on my mom's side of the family like that got out of that little town <laughs> in virginia so she Saw sites on New York, went there, met my dad, and that's history. But, yeah.
1: yeah. Candice, I, I, um, I know we're keeping you. I'm sorry about this, but uh, I want to touch on your Netflix show, David Spade, you work with, right? Yeah. yeah. So well, how, how did you get into that? How did you get that job?
2: Uh, well, we we had a show on Comedy Central called Lights Out. That's what we were originally working on. And then enter the pandemic, <laughs> and the show gets canceled And so we were Oh that show. Yeah, lights out. I wanted to watch that. It looked really good. Yeah, it was so fun. It was a thing where it was just like we were the only like late night comedy uh, show that was not political and wasn't bashing Trump and wasn't and just getting back to jokes, not worrying about like political correctness and just comics doing what they do. And so it was like a panel show. Spade was hosting and he had three comics on the panel and we just talked about pop culture topics just have fun we had sketches field pieces and things like that and so yeah so that was a bummer when we found out that that got canceled um but we all still had like i think everyone felt like we weren't gonna go away like 100 percent. we all had faith and hope that another network would pick us up after things opened up a little bit and then we found we found out like august of last year that uh netflix bought it um and what's interesting is that (laughs) we knew the show was going to have to change a little bit in the format of it, but we weren't sure how. And then we, we found out from the showrunners, like it's basically going to be a talk show for shows that are on the Netflix platform. So it would be Spade and two co-hosts fortune Themester and London Hughes, who's from uh, who's from the UK. And they would just interview guests that were cast members from those shows but then, like, the more and more that we worked on it, like, we kept getting notes, like, from the network. So every week, it was a different show that we were doing on that, on the after-party show. And uh, now it's basically turned into, like, uh, like, an, like an Entertainment Tonight show. <laughs> like, they for some reason, and it's not bad. It's not, It's just a completely different show than Lights Out. And that's not what we all, like, thought or envisioned when we first found out Netflix picked it up. But... It's a work in progress. We're still, we are like just now figuring out what the show is and we've already done, I think four or five episodes. So, That's you know, great. it's still mostly the same crew. Most of the same writers, which was great because they're like family, but it's, you know, it's, it's basically just like a, now it's like, just, hey, we have a host and it's not even necessarily gonna be spayed every time now. They're like on a rotate host right. um, and just have guests on. So yeah, it's fun. That's I'm great. just happy you're working.
1: I want to ask, too, because, uh, you know, we've interviewed rappers, battlers that we grew up watching, and it was kind of being like, oh, my God, like, it's, you get starstruck until you talk to a few of them. And you're like, you know, these are just people. So, like, were you ever in that position where you, were, like, <laughs> met someone you were just like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, like David Spade. Someone, someone, be-
0: besides someone, this podcast. Uh, or
2: No, besides it's you, besides yeah, us. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Besides you guys. Besides uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I I talk about this too, like on my podcast, like I'm not a fan, like I'm not a fan of anything really. Uh, I mean, like I have like the comics that I really love, but I, even then I'm like, I'm not a fan. Like, what is a fan? Like, I, I'm not gonna go buy your merch. I'm not, I, I'll i watch it if like your special, if it comes on my television, but I'm not gonna like go to a concert. I'm not gonna pay much. I just don't, for some reason, like the celebrity culture has always grossed me out a bit. Um. And it's interesting just because I am in entertainment, but I also am not like trying to be a celebrity. I just want to do what I love and, you know, make a comfortable living. But I tell, I hate social media. I hate all that. I don't like the worshiping. Um, The only person I I was starstruck when I met Chappelle, when I was like in my twenties and I was just like, Oh my God, this is like my comedic idol. Um, And now it's like, Oh, there's Dave. (laughs) Like it's not that big of a deal anymore, but like, yeah, meeting Spade was cool, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, it's David Spade. The only person I could say that I would ever do that with is probably Mariah Carey. <laughs> like, oh, she's nice. the only oh. person. Yeah.
0: All oh, people.
2: Grew up listening to her. She was one person. She looked like me. I was like, oh, my God, somebody looks like me. And she, like, that's how I taught myself how to sing, was listening to Mariah Carey albums. So, like, she's Can really- Can you hit that high singer. C? Can I hit a high C? Didn't yeah, you hear didn't her Russian? I <laughs> mean, no, probably not. I would have to hear it first and let, let you know if I can imitate it. But no, probably not. I can't do that whistle octave that she can do.
1: I just have to say, um, "Always Be My Baby" by Mariah Carey is one of the best songs of the '90s. I'm I'm just throwing that out there. That song I
0: much better songs. But that okay. song's
1: bang. That song just is a banger. Always be. He has much better songs. But- it's her best song okay. of all time, Ellie. That's the best song I- of all time.
0: I will literally fight you, but okay.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Candace, uh, we have a final segment we do here. It's called a gun to your head segment, right? Um, it's not literal, so don't worry about it. So it's, uh, uh, it's It
0: t- might be. I wanted to that happened to me today. Yeah. Not even though Eric shows up. What's
1: up? <laughs> so it's we ask two questions each, and they're kind of like wordplay involved. It's not your typical, like, uh, uh, root beer or Coke type thing. Since we started as a hip-hop podcast, we do, like, some wordplay and whatnot. And uh, we, ask we do two- wordplay. We all do wordplay. <laughs> and we ask two questions each, and you have to answer them, and you pick your favorite question at the end. We keep a running tally. It's pretty intense, Okay.
2: So you're just going to ask me questions and I just have to answer
1: them? Yes, and at the yes. end you have to pick your favorite question. Okay. okay. Okay, you ready for this? I'm nervous. Since Eric cheats all the time and writes them down while the guest is on,
3: we're going to give it to Eric to go first. Go. Okay. All right. Would you rather get booed every time you're on stage or live in a haunted house?
2: Oh, man. How haunted is it? Is it? Can I ask that?
3: Every time the whole time you're in the house you hear boo. <laughs> That's it though.
2: They're not like it's not like a paranormal activity where they're throwing shit around. I'm not
3: trying to hurt you, but think about how annoying it would be in your house. Like I'm sitting here right now and I hear boo. Yeah,
2: haunted house for sure.
3: Okay.
2: That uh, wouldn't crush my <laughs> <that> wouldn't <laughs> crush my soul. <laughs> okay. I would still be able to do that. And I'd actually probably get a lot of material from the ghost. So, yeah. You, would,
3: you would. Okay. Would you rather cancel your Netflix account or get flicked every time you hop on the net?
2: Get flicked? Yeah. Like
3: that? Yeah. Netflix, flick.
2: <laughs> net. Well, I can't cancel my Netflix account because I work for them right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i i need to watch the content for the the, the show <laughs> so i i guess i get flicked that you get flicked hard. every
3: time you hop on the net okay that's a great it's question clear,
1: eric and i aren't comedians because these are kind of corny so i'll go next with this one and okay? <laughs> uh, we could agree that uh eric's are subpar so we will we'll, i you grew up in since you were in new york for a little i will go with Gun to your head, New York-style pizza
2: or the L.A. weather?
3: That's not funny.
2: Well, shut it. this is going to shatter everyone's dreams, but I'm vegan. <laughs> so the L.A. weather I'm going to have to go with.
1: Well, I wouldn't have guessed that. Okay. Eat right. that, Scott. <laughs> for, 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 one, for, one for one year, you could only wear pink, you could only listen to pink, or you could only eat pink Starburst. What would you pick?
2: Just wearing pink. I, I say, I'm wearing it. I'd probably just yeah. wear it because there's no way I could listen to Pink my whole for a year. I would. I mean, maybe the Wigger album. You guys remember her first album? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Most girls
0: want man with the bling
2: bling, ah, just <laughs> I don't
0: need to say. Oh, you really, it. <laughs> you you really know that? Wow. Oh, okay. If
3: she had a pocket full of Pink Starburst, I'd say this was all staged.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I go. You corroborated. You, you guys like talked about this. All right, Brian, you're up.
3: God, those were like
4: the worst two you've ever said. Uh,
1: don't try to get in her head. She might like him and pick me as the winner. because thinks- <laughs> You always say that shit, though. No wiping I, I think
4: yourself think up. Bad. Just Brian,
1: hey, Brian, why don't you go? Hey, you know, stop Man, judging. No
4: problem, no problem. No problem. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have to wear wet socks or wet your pants on stage? Mm. Just for the one time? One time. Oh, i go with
2: the... The wet socks. Yeah, who would want to go on?
3: Bro. Uh, wet socks. They, are pretty they welcome her to the it's stage. It's
2: terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's gross. Socks. But at least it's nobody
3: disgusting.
2: would see it. It's True. Right. And I, I, I pee strong. Okay, <laughs> so like every, everybody would know. Everybody would see what was happening. There's no way I'd be <laughs> about it. Can I wear a diaper? That would change the game.
4: No, no, no. Yeah. No.
0: Oh,
2: you just gotta let it go. Yeah, sounds it like.
0: Okay.
4: Would you rather be born missing your big toes? or have a foot fetish and have your family and friends know. Foot
2: fetish. You uh, can't Yeah, you, know, you can't balance without your big toes.
0: No, you need pink, yeah, like, No, you need both. You need both your pinky and uh, your big. Not
4: big pinky.
0: I would say I think Brian that.
1: Brian crushed mine not exactly a fine follow up if you ask me. <laughs>
3: This was not our best but
0: Ellie you got (laughs) it. Okay, so would you rather have to sing your answer every time someone asks you a question? Or would you rather have a bird singing in your ear every day? And not like a nice bird. No, yeah, a nice bird, like a nightingale. We'll, do, we'll make it a nice bird. I was going to make it like a nasty one, like some type of gull. Oh,
2: like, a, like the ones that wake me up every morning?
0: Ah! Yeah, right. The ones that scream outside your window? We'll, yeah. We'll make it like a
2: nightingale or a dove. Yeah, that sounds exhausting, me having to sing all the time. But I do love to sing. <laughs> 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 I do love singing, but that would just that would be a lot of pressure all the time. I'm gonna go with the bird as long as seems like a as long as a pleasant a pleasant bird.
4: Small pleasant
0: bird. So not like a wild turkey. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay. And then this one is just totally random. Just pick one. Bear or octopus? Don't think, just pick. Bear. <laughs> thank you.
1: Okay. Um, thank good. you. Candace, uh, your favorite question. Don't bother me. I don't, I don't think any of us are that
2: good, honestly. We're not worthy. That's we're not
3: worthy of a win, but you got to <laughs> no, do it.
2: Um, I'm going to have to say the, the pink question. Huh. What a win. Huh. That oh. is – what a win. You know what? Damn I, it. You I, can't take I, him. You, oh. anytime, I get the game, anytime I get to say the word wigger, I get very excited. And so, <laughs> that, you know, it's a word we're not supposed to say anymore, but – I talk about this all the time. Is they haven't replaced it with a better, more politically correct word? So what are we to What's
0: say? wrong with wigger? You know what I say? I say
2: African American?
0: <laughs> that, that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah.
1: I. You know what? Let's just focus on the fact that that was a clutch win by me. It was a well-designed question. Well, first off,
4: <laughs> that was your first win in what, like twenty-five episodes?
1: I don't know. We space yeah. them out so we never know the dates of them. So in your face, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, Liz, you got to know your audience sometimes. You see her wearing pink. It's like, let's court, you know, maybe I could get a question. But regardless, oh. huge W for the host of the show. True exact awesome W. Candace, before we let you go, let us know where we can catch you. Give us your handle on IG that I hope you don't check your messages because it's embarrassing. Check
2: them. <laughs> going to now. And uh, Twitter. Yes. And
1: where, where can we catch you at?
2: Yeah, you can find me on social media. Uh, jokes by Candace. And that's Candace with an I-C-E, not an A-C-E. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Everyone you go.
1: For it. read the room. Hey, and this was really cool. It was a cool different perspective from like uh hate to say it, a female comedian. Like we don't have a lot on, so it was really cool to get your perspective on stuff. Um awesome, by the way. Really funny. Uh I I if you're ever on the East Coast touring, I know Ellie's out in California, so she's near you, but if you're ever on the East Coast and you I'll be
0: stalking tour, you tonight. I'll be outside uh, your window. Jersey, <laughs> Jersey or New York, let us know. Message us, we'll come see you out here. Great. Thanks, guys.